glad you could join us for episode 156 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our journey of pilot previews before finally settling into multiple episodes of whatever show we eventually decide on. It doesn't look like it's going to be easy, dude. No, it's tough. Yeah, there's a lot out there. Uh, we were trying to find things that like neither of us had watched, but we come to the realization that uh, I don't think such a show exists. Yeah, there's not much. You know, one of the things that I, I noticed on the list that I put together, gosh, probably a year ago when we started doing it this way, is a show called Blake's Seven, which is a UK show that aired, I think it was like 71 to 73 or something like that. Yeah, obviously, production values are are much less than they are Doctor today. Doctor Who-ish. But then, yeah, well, and exactly. And in fact, there was some sort of link to Doctor Who, but... Uh, you know, I'm not quite ready to revisit those kinds of production values at this point. Right. Yeah. It's, um, and, and you know, the funny thing is like, well, not funny. I mean, just some of those shows are awesome. Like those shows from the seventies, the, the stories are great, but you're just, your mind is just so conditioned now to see having, you know, the, especially the, with CGI having like just awesome production values. That's tough. And, and not that they weren't back then. They were probably very good production values, but just to see them now, it's tough. It, it is tough. And with so much available, it, again, it's just, it's difficult to justify spending the time and, you know, it's almost just got to be the right time, right place and all of that. And, and right now it's not the right time, right place for Blake seven, but Tonight, we're here to discuss the pilot episode of the USA Network's science fiction mystery series, The 4400. But before we get to that, Wayne and I want to remind you that we'd love to hear from you via email at scifitvrewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail using the Leave Voicemail tab. You can, of course, record your own audio clips, send the MP3 as an attachment, or just tweet us at scifitvrewatch, and we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. No, I, I um, didn't want to remind them this week. I was, I was against reminding them. But, okay. You know. It never hurts. It never hurts. Now, before <laughs> well, you we just get threw to my th- name in there. You're just being very presumptuous. I, uh, I was. Exactly. Say you should ask next time. <laughs> and, <laughs> all right. Now, I didn't finish the episode, and you know what? You What? You, no, no, no. You don't know what episode I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the oh. 4400. I finished that, although it sounded like it was a struggle for you. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. Uh, no. I was about Game, to get mad. Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. All right. So, you, you know, when I talked to you earlier in the day, I hadn't seen it yet. So I, I've still got about maybe 15 minutes to go. But, you know, I'll tell you what I'm really loving about this particular episode is the brother-sister pairings with Jon Snow and Sansa. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, she's come so far as a character yeah. i mean she's really starting to turn into a badass i mean yeah, she really she's is. still gotta she's still gotta kill somebody but uh, i'm really liking where she's going right. and, and i like the fact that john gives her a little bit of room and, and he's not threatened when she speaks up you know you know i, I guess instead of him when he seems to be going nowhere and well, it's not- yeah it was just so great when they were reunited you know, that was, that was like really like Game of Thrones doesn't really have a lot of like emotionally touching scenes. They have like a lot of emotionally horrific scenes, but not ones that really kind of get at your gullet. But that one with Sansa and John, and then you realize that these are two people who the last time they saw each other, they, they didn't even like each other the last yeah. time they saw each other, you know, because she was, like you said, how much she's changed. She was so spoiled back then and she treated John like crap. 
so much has changed since then, you know, well, getting yeah. killed will kind of change your perspective. Or, it, it absolutely or will. Having the it, horrific things that happened to her, you know, like it just makes you, puts everything else in perspective. You know? Well, you know, speaking of horrific things happening to you, the other pairing that I'm really liking is Theon yes. and his sister. Right. I, I'm not sure what her name See, is. Her name is Asha in the books, but it's not in the show. I keep forgetting what it is in the show. But so, yeah. Another underused Asha. Yeah, yeah, she's great, man. This, this oh, is cool. she is great. And, um, and, and now that like the you know she was, I don't know, did you see like the scene where all the naked girls and she's uh, like, you know, it's hilarious. Well, that was uh, that was like cool. Well, I was going to stop there, and then I saw what it was. And I'm like, eh, I can eh, take another, right. I can take another five minutes. A bit longer. But but you know what was really great about that scene is the conversation she has with Theon, where she tells him that she needs him, and, and you realize it really is heartfelt that she really does need him, and it's like. You know, dude, if you are in that dark place and you're not coming out, slit your wrist now. Yeah. But if not, if you think you can find that Theon, yeah. and it, it I need was that little awesome. weasel from before, you know, yeah. like yeah. who we don't want, right? Because we kind of hate that Theon. He's the one who brought down the whole Stark family, pretty much. And, uh, but that's, that's the guy she wants. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he's learned anything you know, from what he did in the past, you'd like to think he would. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's learned a lot. And you just saw that when, because the, what would the old Theon have done when they were standing on the rock, like during the King's mood, right? Right. Like he would not have said, oh, I've declared for me. He would totally screw her over to claim the throne for himself. Right. And you would like to think losing so much of himself would change a man. Yeah, it changes a man. <laughs> she did get in one joke and then she said, okay, I won't joke yeah, about that sorry. anymore, but <laughs> too soon, too soon. But, uh, <laughs> now back to sci-fi TV rewatch for a second. Oh, yeah. Next week, we're going to take a look at the pilot episode for the UK version of life on Mars. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Uh, so you've been talking that up with me for several years now. Yeah. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And the other announcement that we have is that we are going to be doing the entire First season, which hasn't aired yet, of the HBO series Westworld. Booyah. Yes, that's based on the movie, 1973 with Yul Brenner. Looks very cool. So HBO, right? HBO. So we're going to be doing that. So you got plenty of time to save your nickels and dimes and get that HBO uh, service. HBO Go. Yep, HBO Go. You know, I'm telling you, it's awesome. It's amazing. I never but, watch it because I usually watch on my television, but you know it's it's pretty sweet though. Yeah, and so we'll have more announcements as we approach the later part of the summer because we'll of course take a look at the original movie, and then what I did find out is that there was a TV series that five episodes were filmed, only two aired. So I'm going to look into that. I mean, maybe they were horrible and that's why it just died. Maybe it just didn't get support. I don't know. I'll see what I can find out. And they probably weren't very good. Well, if they're available, maybe we'll take a look at those as well, since we have plenty of time, because at this point, HBO is just saying fall of 2016. So they haven't given us a, a firm date yet. Sure. So, all right. Well, I know you've been dreading this moment. (laughs) And and we're here to take a look at the pilot episode of the 4400 titled Pilot, written by Renee Echeverria, who did a number of episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, of course, Mm -hmm. Dark Angel, 
Medium, some episodes of Castle. And it was also written by Scott Peters, who developed The Outer Limits, the, the, the newer version, of course, and V, which, as you mentioned last week, well, that's not exactly a selling point. No, not at all. Directed by Eve Simino, who did four episodes of V. And, you know, as I think you mentioned earlier in the day, that none of these people really have gone on to do much. Well, there, there was uh, Michael Moriarty, I told you about before, who played um, Orson, was the first, like, he wasn't the district attorney. He was like, this, like an ADA. He was like the main character on Law and Order for the first however many seasons. And then just like, just up and left. I was reading like this Wikipedia page. I guess he got pissed when like Bush got elected. So he just moved to Canada. Okay. And became a Canadian citizen. Well, that should have put him in line to be in all kinds of sci-fi shows. Yeah. I don't know. He must not have gone to Vancouver or Toronto. No, he he lives out. You know, he lives on like uh, New Brunswick, I think. Oh, okay. He lives on the, on the Eastern uh, provinces and the, the maritime provinces. So, so yeah. So it was pretty cool because, you know, I went through a period of my life where I was really, really into law and order. I think it was this one summer I would watch it like three times a day, you know, and it was yeah. just fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. And Michael Moriere was great. He was just so he, – because he's kind of got this steely glare like in his eyes, you know, like like he doesn't look like a tough guy, but he's got this tough look to his face and everything. So, um, so anyway, it was good to see Michael Moriere. But you're right. He's not someone who – did much after this his his really big moment was before yeah well we'll get to some of the actors and, and the characters in a few minutes um this one aired july 11th 2004 as i said on usa network as a five episode miniseries from july 11th to august 8th 2004 and it brought in 7.4 million viewers which by 2016 standards is pretty darn good by 2004 meh meh yeah. But so was that it, an episode or all all five episodes? No, that was just the the pilot episode. Oh, the pilot. Okay, right now it was renewed for three more seasons of thirteen episodes each through two thousand and seven. So uh, I guess there were forty four episodes. So you know th- there must have been something there. I, I and, feel like they might have been filling a need that you know, like nowadays it wouldn't cut the mustard, but. Back in 04, there probably wasn't a lot of genre shows on. And there weren't because it was like all Survivor and stuff, right? Right, of course. And and you do see by the dates, it was a summer replacement, I guess, or a summer, you know, one of the early summer shows. Yeah. So even Defiance was able to hold on by that method, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, come on. You're not going to stand up for your show, dude? I'm not. No. <laughs> I'm just going to take it. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Um, see, I, 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 actually, I like Defiance. I, I'm kind of, I was slightly sad that it got canceled. Yeah. Now, we kind of can go through some initial thoughts we had, and I, I've got a lot. And, and one of the first, I'll, I'll go ahead and go first, is that I generally liked it okay. Uh, I'm going to, right now, I'm, I'm just going to give it a solid C. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought for a bit, maybe a C plus, but I'm going to go with a C, and I'll, I'll explain why later. But I guess I felt, on the one hand, like I was watching a TV movie of the week. Right. And generally, that's not a good thing. And, yeah. and look, we, we're, we don't have to rehash what we talked about with uh, analyzing pilot episodes. We know all the pitfalls to that. So, you know, sure. maybe it gets a lot better. But that was kind of my first reaction. But I, I, I wouldn't – I'm not even – 
modestly tempted to watch the next episode of the show at all. Like it was enough to to watch the rest of the second part of the pilot. Yeah. Well, and, and as I, I, I shouldn't be too harsh. I mean, I, I didn't think it wasn't complete without merit, but it definitely did not for for a story that like when you really think about it, it's a pretty wild idea, um, a pretty cool sci fi idea. Uh, the actual execution of the show did not grab me, you know, very much. Well, the interesting thing is, it's almost like a reverse leftovers, right? Right. Yeah. And, and the, the problem with the leftovers, and when I say problem, that, that's not to say I'm not going to watch it when it returns, but you, you should, because that second season of leftovers was freaking incredible. Well, no, no, no I agree. And, and I think that was one of the ones that I stopped watching and you, you know, continually. Right. And you're glad I not? did. Right. I, I'm glad you, yeah. you I, I listened I, that to that show you. strong, but Damon Lindelof has already said, you're never going to really find out what happened. Right. Right. It's really just about the aftermath. It's about the people putting their lives back together. And that's fine. You know, because this, this episode of the 4400 also had that element of people putting their lives back together after their return. Absolutely. Which was obviously a cool thing. So at, at this point, I would be holding out hope that we would actually find out who took them, where they went, and, and, all of that. Oh, you weren't expecting that in the pilot, were you? Oh, no, no, absolutely not. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> well, no, but I'm me? saying, like, when you, you said that, you know, there's nothing that would make you want to watch oh, the next oh, right, episode. right, 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 To stick and, with it and try and figure out what happened. Right, and right. obviously you're not going to find it out in the second episode. No. You're probably not even going to find it out by the end of the abbreviated first season. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's there. All right, so some initial thoughts I had. Using the Comet, as the initial vehicle to drive the story is, is kind of problematic to me because I'm thinking like, okay, NASA couldn't tell that it was clearly not a comet. Okay. I mean, fine. They don't know what it is, right? but it isn't a comet. I, you know, that's the thing. There's I, O4, I, you know, so maybe they were just, they were, they were running on old technology, you know, like right now, you know, maybe they were just calling it a comet, because that's what they thought it was initially, and for lack of a better term, they probably had to like dial up internet that they, you know, like maybe they just got it wrong and took too long to upload the new image or something. Nah, two thousand four. Come on, <laughs> we had the internet nineteen ninety four. I, I, I distinctly remember, remember uh, AOL. Actually, there was something before that. CompuServe. I don't even know if you remember. I, CompuServe. I remember CompuServe. Sure. Okay. Yeah, but like uh, the dial up. Remember dial up though, man. Oh my god, oh, yes. Lord! It was like you could go and. Freaking cook a turkey in the time it took that to load a page. And we loved it. We did. <laughs> All right. Now, one of the other things I thought was the, the setting up of Maya as the first to be abducted and then really to be the most mysterious upon her return is really engaging to me. I mean, that, that, and creepy. And creepy. And, and we all know another how you feel creepy about creepy little, little kids. kid. Yep. Another creepy little kid. Boom. Right. So she was abducted in 1946, and it's almost as if, I don't even want to say it's almost as if she clearly can't see the future. Oh, yeah. Or, or she's just, you know, pretty good at making, making sure educated yeah. guesses. Yeah. I mean, well, no, no. I mean, she, she sees it, you know. She put her shoes up. She's sitting there when they, you know, go to bounce her. She's there with her bags all packed. Yeah. Now, what was that? You know, she says about uh, anticipating water. 
So what? She thought the house was going to get flooded, well, or she, no? She knew what happened, right? Like that, some like the the faucet or the hose came off a faucet or something like that. I can't remember what happened. That uh, flooded the house slightly, or at least sent water right to where her shoes would have been had she been obeying the. Like the like, who has a rule of don't put your shoes on the first? I mean, I know that's probably like like intuitive don't put your shoes up on the furniture but there's only like the husband the wife and that's like their house rule like was your wife going around putting her shoes up on shit like why is that a house rule (laughs) yeah i mean that's usually when you're wearing them yeah i'm like yeah we don't put shoes up on the furniture. yeah right exactly when you're wearing it yes i get that that's a rule but like the uh, you know, I was just like, I thought that was hilarious that that was an actual, like, kind of like an officially passed rule from this couple that has no children. Yeah, well, they got what they deserved, right? When she tells them uh, that they are going to be buried at a particular cemetery because apparently you know, they took her to see her parents' graves. And obviously, since she was abducted in 1946, her parents have been dead a long time. Right. But uh, again, the creepy little kid factor even got the foster parents to give her back. Right. Like, um, can you come get this kid? Yeah. Now, you know, mentioning the leftovers and the fact that this show really focuses on the human drama, you know, it's not all joyous reunions. You know, you see Tom's family when his nephew returns, but then, uh, you know, when Lily returns, and, you know, that's the thing. Why don't you take a second to just kind of recap the people and, and tell me if I'm forgetting anybody. So of the 4,400 that we're really seeing the inside stories of, you've got Maya, who's the little girl who who disappeared in 1946. Right. Then you've, you've got Richard Tyler. Richard, yes. The soldier, 1951, which I guess is in the middle of the Korean War. Then you've got Orson Bailey. Mort, no, calling Orson. Come yeah. in, Orson. Nineteen seventy nine. Oh yeah, <laughs> nineteen seventy nine. He's. I was saying that salesman. the whole show. Every time they said Orson, I was like, Mort, calling Orson. All right, uh, awesome. Lily Moore, the granddaughter of Richard's love, and she disappeared in nineteen ninety two. I got and, some. We got something to say about that. Okay, and then Sean Farrell, who disappeared in two thousand one, brother of Danny, cousin of Kyle, and. It seems as if at least two of them have some sort of power that they didn't have before they were abducted. All right. Now, what were you going to say? You were going to say something about Lily or Sean or? Well, just that, that the whole um, date, like, you know, like kind of the romance between the Richard and the, you know, granddaughter of the woman that he had an affair, you know, he was, you know, romantic with before. It's just like. I don't know. It was it was a little a little icky. It was even more icky when she says like, "Well, I I kind of knew that." Like she's kind of into like that that you know like kind of have a chance to do it with the guy who did it with her grandmother. You know, it's like I don't know. I just like ah. You know. No, I, I I know what you're saying, and and, 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 and it's, it's not like I, I know like I'm not trying to say like the, the interracial thing bothers me at all. Everything doesn't. It's just a whole kind of like Oedipal thing that's or electoral thing that's kind of. You know, it was a little yeah. ooey. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's no question that that's it exactly. And uh, we certainly, we could see that coming, but uh, on the other hand, 
I, I think the emotionally charged scenes that we see both of them in because, you know, really their lives are torn apart as much as anybody's. I mean, you could certainly argue that, that Orson's are torn apart because he comes and finds his wife, uh, you know, a shell of herself in yeah, a, that was sad. in a rundown nursing home. So certainly that was sad as well, but you know, regardless now, I don't think there's any other 4,400 members that we see in the pilot other than them. Is there anybody I'm forgetting? Yeah, right. Lily, Richard, um, Sean, and Creepy. Right, right. <laughs> All right. Now, characters we would certainly deem important, Tom Baldwin, played by Joel Gretsch, who was Father Jack Landry in V, and he's been a recurring character in NCIS. He also had a number of episodes of Witches of East End. Diane Sikoris, who plays Tom's Department of Homeland Security partner, Dennis Ryland, Peter Coyote, who's probably, along with Joel Gretsch, the most recognizable face yeah, in this who's show. Yeah, that dude? Yeah. And he's the head of the Department of Homeland Security division that happens to be investigating the 4400. And then, of course, uh, Danny Farrell, Kyle Baldwin. Uh, Kyle is the one that was with Sean when he was abducted. And, and I guess, you know, it, it leads us to one of the questions that we have, is, you know, why Sean and not Kyle. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And then, but you know, like obviously Kyle being, you know, very adversely affected by it. Yeah. All right. Now getting back to Lily for a second, you know, she's been gone for 12 years. She comes back and, and again, one of the more heartbreaking scenes when she goes back to her house, finds that her husband has remarried, fathered another child, and, and her, is apparently a complete a-hole. Oh, my God. Oh, that's I wonder if that was something nice. she didn't know before. Well, and then to top it all off, he hasn't told their daughter oh, I know, man. that she's the mother. And basically then he's, so, he's a lawyer and he's drawn up the papers to prevent her from doing it. He's such a jerk. Oh, my God. He's so... Uh, I looked at the actor because he. I thought... He was the guy that plays. He's like I thought he was the actor from Better Call Saul, that plays a very similar, smarmy, oily, told douchebag lawyer, but it's not. He just looks a lot like that guy. Um, so, well, all I'm thinking is his new wife must be a piece of work because knowing what she must have gone through, right? He doesn't even show up right, right when they all go there and they've all got their numbers. And the families are trying to match up the numbers with their missing loved ones. He couldn't even take the time to be there. How do you not show up? How do you not at least go pick her up from the freaking internment camp she's been after being, you know, like you could say, hey, listen, I just got to tell you, you've been gone for 12 years and I got remarried, but I'm totally going to come pick you up and I'm going to help you get through this. But, you know, like do something just not to show up. Like seriously? Yeah, well, oh, man, I just want to punch that guy. That's part of what, like that, right there. Like I'm already like that guy just pissed me off so much that I think I was just that that might have adversely affected my whole attitude about the show. That just I was so just so sickeningly like a jerk, you know? right? But uh, I, I guess the only saving grace for me is the fact that Richard. Uh, you know, who who was abused in his time because he dated a white girl. 
you know, is that he's there for her. Now, arguably he went home. I think he was from Detroit and he found out that, you know, it's, it's now just a shell of what it was then. So he, as he tells her, he ha- there was nothing for him there, but it's that connection between the two of them that, that I really, for me, is the strength of the show. You're right. I mean, there is that kind of ick factor. Yeah. But it, you know, it would have been so icky if they hadn't been so open about it, you know? If they just let it roll, it would have been fine. But they're like, well, you know, I used to do your grandma. Yeah, I kind of thought about that. You're like, ah! You know, how, you know how effed up that sounds? Like, well, but it was 1951, I so we don't, we don't was, know but what. still, you know? I mean, we don't know what he and her grandmother did, but... but uh, Okay, but but anyway, that at least they're age appropriate for each other and, and you know they've both been through a similar experience and you know again she's had to deal with with uh, her husband ex-husband treating her as yeah. he did so i mean right now they're really my my favorite well, yeah. well, characters well, well, richard is is really such uh, a sympathetic character he's i, I think I, out of all these characters the guy that i really kind of felt for the most was was him was he you should correct me there, grammar police. Hey, I let two of our colleagues go <laughs> at lunch today with, uh, I believe it was a misuse of lie and lay. I heard that. I let okay. it go too. They both did it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. You just want to jump in on it so much, but sometimes you just got to dial back the interior internal editor, right? Yep. Yep. But no, but you're absolutely right. He's, he's great as a character. He's the one like you really feel for the most like Orson. You would think you'd feel for his son, but like that whole temper tantrum thing he's got going, I'm like, nah, uh, but Richard's really a guy and, uh, he's, you know, he's cool. He's a nice guy and he's really sweet and he's really super sweet, uh, with Lily so so yeah like you know it, it's it's a good thing it's just like i don't know like them just talking about like the whole thing i don't know i just thought that was a little weird so well well and the thing that really grabbed me though is okay great they connected with each other they've got each other well okay now what neither of them has a place to go right i mean i suppose they could do what maya did which was to go back to the original homeland security facility sure. and, and, and i'm sure they would be happy to have them, they were reluctant to let them go in the first place. Right. Uh, um, but it'll also be interesting, assuming we actually go on and watch anymore, which I think I'm just going to go read the synopsis and find out what the heck happens here. Uh. But whether or not the two of them have any powers, because again, you you mentioned Orson, and now you you refer to them as temper tantrums, and I mean I know what you mean. It's as he gets excited, as he gets angry, angry I guess. He gets angry. Yeah, it, he it's hulks that, out a little bit. He possesses telekinetic powers. Yeah. And clearly he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know how to control them. And and we see the one scene where, you know, once we're at the morgue and they're looking at the dead guy's skull that, well, apparently his skull, you know, was just cracked in a way that blew up. Yeah. So that was interesting. And, And it was also interesting the way that, Tom ended up talking him down with with Diana uh, um by shooting him. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't know if they talked him down very much. But see, well that scene cuz you know, it looked like at first like he I think oh, maybe he has control over his powers because it looked like he was purposefully starting the whatever he does, but then he's you know, then he quickly gets to probably saying, "Oh, I can't control it. I can't control it." You know, and then Diana comes in and pops him. Right. 
I mean, they do try to talk him down. Uh, you know, Tom does try. It's just that, that, again, I think the guy, you can't fault him for not trusting the government. On yeah, the other hand, on, uh, on the other hand, it's like, like all these things he's getting really upset about. Like, okay, you don't have a job. Okay. You know, you've been gone since 1979. So it's like, what, like 15 years, 25 years, right? Yeah. And your wife, like everyone thought you're dead because it's been 25 years and you disappeared. So your wife collected the money from your partnership. So like, I, I mean, I, yeah, it sucks. But certainly you have to understand that the guy's not trying to screw you over, you know? Like, they paid you off. They paid your wife off. They gave the money. You, know, you don't, like, it's like, dude, just get over it, you know? Well, and I, I know what you're saying, and, and I agree. It's such a unique situation that these people are having to deal with because, again, in the pilot episode, to them, a blink of an eye it was whatever year it was when they left. I know, but they were in that internment for like eight weeks. So right. I, I'm sure during that time, they probably repeatedly imparted to them, you've been gone a while. I know to you, it's just like the next day, but to everyone else, it's been years. So everything's going to be changed. Like they, uh, they might've had seminars about stuff to prepare for. You don't have a job. You're, you know, your spouse is married to someone else. Basic things. They have phones that you can hold in your hand and take wherever you go. You know, just kind of basic things to help these people integrate back into the world. But I don't know. I guess it's still tough just to do it, to just get back into the world, despite, you know, I, I mean, they, it doesn't seem, though, that they're very well prepared for it, you know? Like, especially Orson. He's, like, freaking out about all this stuff and going bonkers and killing people with his brain, you know, for like stuff he really honestly should have kind of been expecting. Well, like, yeah, but what you, were you but, expecting to happen? Well, right. But you're saying that as if he knows that he has that power and then knows how to control it. He just knows that it's upsetting. And, and again, I, uh, he's one of the older people that, that we've seen. And, uh, you know, it's probably more difficult for him to deal with it. I mean, certainly when he sees his wife in the condition she's in, I, you know, I get that. I, I can kind of give him a pass on that. So, but, you know, talking about the powers, Tom Baldwin, and, and I know you have a problem with, with Tom Baldwin because he worked for Homeland Security. <laughs> and then when his son was left in a coma because the aliens or, you know, whoever it is that took these people left his son and we don't know what led to him being in a coma for three years, but his being in a coma too, regardless, Tom just basically walked away from his job and has right. been at the hospital every day since. And then just kind of saunters onto the scene again. Like, Hey, I want my old job back. And they're like, cool. All right. <laughs> oh, you don't want your old job back. Cause you're, Nephew is one of the returnees, do you? Oh, no, that's not it. I just yeah. thought I could help. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is like freaking Homeland Security, right? So, you know, they'll just like take anyone off the street, I guess. Eh? Well, he's their best investigator or so. Uh, yeah. Like in three Riley. years, they haven't come up with another like really good investigator. I'm just, you know. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Well, the other cool power, though, does belong to Sean. And. Right. We see that scene where 
he's talking to his uncle and the bird flies into the window. Yeah. Is that qualify as a trope? Uh, I mean, they used it and lost at least once. Yeah. Uh, totally, but there were so many in this episode, I just didn't bother. <laughs> you didn't bother counting. <laughs> I was thinking about doing a a top ten list of uh, cliches that are that are in these uh, two pilot episodes, but uh, I thought that might be a little too mean. So, well, we knew that was coming when you know. There, there. First of all, I don't know about you. If a bird flies into my window and kills itself. I'm not picking it up with my hand. I'm getting a shovel. I've got gloves on. Sure. You know, I'm like immediately putting it into a trash bag. And of course, there he's holding it in his hand, you know, really gently. I I think we knew what was going to happen. But the scene. I thought he was going to eat it, but. (laughs) Well, Ozzy. Well, the scene. That that really though gets us is when he goes to the hospital to visit his cousin. Yeah, and even though his cousin doesn't snap out of it completely, he does begin to wake up. Right? Sure. Or did I? No, no, okay. no. Yeah, his his eyes were open. I mean, I don't think he said anything. Right. But he definitely like jerked up and his eyes opened, and then you know he went back down. But so did you see? We got to see at least two shots of the space needle. No. Seriously, if you looked really close, no, you could, I, you could I believe see Mac. You, I, you could I see Max you. sitting on it. Stop. <laughs> All right. So that obvious, would be cool, though. That'd be a nice little shout out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Some uh, obvious questions: Who took them? Right. Where have they been? And you know, right. when you start getting down to it, it seems to me there's only two choices: aliens or the CIA. Well, right. Exactly. Some secret government project. Right. Which is what I'm going for. And I'm going for it as well. And the fact that NASA, well, we you know, it's a comet. Then you know NASA's in on the cover up. If in fact that was even NASA right. that they were actually talking to, exactly. Like like NASA wouldn't know that wasn't a comet, please. Right. So I think what you're going to see is Department of Homeland Security is completely on their own. That they're not part of the cover up. Is what I think. Which is really kind of the opposite of what the Department of Homeland Security is supposed to be all about, right? I would think so. Now, I guess you could argue it's 2004. As far as I know, didn't that come in after 2001? Yeah, like right after. Right. So they've been around for two, three years at this point. So we'll give them a break. But yeah, I'm like you. I'm going with secret government conspiracy, which, you know, is always a safe bet. Yeah. Now, why don't they remember anything? What have they been doing all this time? Okay, fine. They don't remember what they've been doing, so clearly they've had Maybe their minds. They're just like, they're like oh, I'm not gonna, I wouldn't do nothing. Yeah. Right? Like they just don't. <laughs> it's like after like you know that you know like a really you know party where you just do things you shouldn't have, and it's the next day you're just kind of in denial. Yeah. You know? Right. But the thing is, no matter what you did, and no matter how much denial you're in, you aged a little bit. Right. So wherever they've been, whatever they've been doing, how come they didn't age? Right. Part Which of the- actually brings up a question that I had. Because Sean's been gone like, what, three years, right? Yeah. He was what, like, like what, he's like, what, 17? Yeah, I guess so, because he's still in high school. Right. So, okay, I was just wondering if he could drink yet and if, that, if he could pull that off. Because technically, he's 
almost, he's got to be 20, 21 years old, right? Right. So, well, they were drinking when they got, when he got a Right. Doctor. But I mean, like legally, right? Like he yeah. should just grab his old driver's license and say, look. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Good point. <laughs> now, I'm not I was even born in go, 82, man. I'm okay. solid. All right. No, no comments on high school portrayals in, in uh, this yeah. podcast this Ugh. week, but we'll just, just we'll just worst. let it go there. All right. Just every why, time. Why return now? So, so what's special about now? And, and in fact, one of the characters even points out it might have been Tom's partner. Why 4,400? Why not right. 4,372? Right. Good question. So what's the significance of 4,400? The other thing that, that I really didn't think about until you know, a day or two after I watched it, you know, are we going to see that there's some connection among those who were abducted? I mean, obviously, there's that connection between Richard and Lily. Or is that just chance? Yeah, you know, I, I, I would think that it's not chance. Because it's too, it's too much of a coincidence for, for it to be chance. It has to be like some kind of like, dare we say, intelligent design. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, and, and then that begs the question, you know, what's the deal going to be with Sean? And is there going to be some kind of connection to his cousin who's been in this coma right. all this time? Was there some sort of a psychic connection, uh, which would be kind of, kind of cool? Yeah. Cause you know, Sean seems all like, you know, like kind of like not necessarily I don't want to say not the sharpest tool in the ship, but like not like really, he's not like an aggressive kid. He, you know, he kind of is like a little spacey maybe. Um, but when he was over Kyle's bed, he seemed a little, little, little demonic there. Um, yeah. He did. You know, There's like no- his face was kind of in darkness and everything. So, Well, I think the question that you have to ask, did the incident with the bird set something off in his brain that, you know what, that was me that did that. Right. So if I can do that, can I do it for my cousin? Did he go there consciously or did he just go to visit his cousin? I mean, I'm going with the, he, it was a conscious I, attempt. I think so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because like, it's not like he sat down, like if you were just going to visit, he'd probably just like sit down by the side and be like, hey, Kyle, what's up, man? How you doing? Yeah. But like he went right to putting his hand on his chest and trying to you know, do whatever he was doing. Which right. it seems like the opposite of what he was doing to the kid he got in a fight with. Yeah, yeah. Now, there was a pretty big shoe that dropped in this episode. And that's when we find out that Lily is pregnant. Right. Maybe that's her superpower. Well, of course, we're thinking, as I think she initially thought, that, okay, she must have gotten pregnant before she was abducted. But I think she says her husband was on a business trip, and no, there's no way that she had sex. So, again, is this one of these deals? Okay, again, only two choices. Either the aliens impregnated her with a hybrid. Or the CIA did. Or the CIA did with a hybrid. I think whoever. Or Donald Trump did. Or Donald Trump. But regardless, although I guess if Donald Trump, it's probably not a hybrid, but. So I'm going with hybrid, you know, whatever it is that, that she's carrying is some sort of a, an alien hybrid. So whether right. it's something that, the, la, um, any um, pick a show, I mean, father. how many, what did we do? What was the podcast we did, Michael? Son of a, oh, childhood, child, 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 yes. Childhood, yes. Right. But, 
But you know, I mean, even you know, in, in X Files with Scully, I mean, there there's you know, this inference that she's somehow got alien DNA as well. So obviously, a, a story plot point that we would be following if, in fact, we we're going to be watching the show. What's Maya's story? Clearly, she's some kind of key, but to what? And I find it relatively fascinating that the key to all of this is the little eight-year-old or however. Exactly. I mean, how old do you the think key, she is? key to making everyone uncomfortable is what she Well, that's okay. Um, she looks like, yeah, like maybe nine, ten. Uh, she's kind of got a big head, so, you know, like... <laughs> Okay. Now, now the other thing. No, she's probably, I, I think, like, yeah, she's probably supposed to be, like, you know, eight, nine years old around there, I think. Okay. So, I mean, we know Orson's power is telekinetic. Sean seems to be able to bring things back to life. Or take life away from things. Or take life away. Good point. Maya seems to have this, this prescience, this... Right. Precognition. Precognition. Uh, we don't know if Richard and Lily have anything yet. So, right. uh, obviously... They're well, saving the best for, for last. Yeah, you know, like maybe Lily is super fertile. The jury's still on Richard, what he can do. Yep. Well, one of what the things- What he can't do is smoke in a restaurant. Well, that's true. That's true. I like the guys. Like, was it the kid with like the, the, the crazy like earrings in his head? Just like looking at him like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? I know. Yeah. He's probably like, dude, what, are you, you, what the hell? Which I still say too. Like, sorry for those of you who have those- like just why? Why do you have little metal horns sticking out of your head? Yeah, I know. I probably just alienated half our, half our audience. So, I'm sorry. oh, that's okay. I'm um, sorry. Me well, I'll, I'll go ahead and alienate the other half. I mean, I, you know, I've gotten to the point where I want to watch a show to watch the show and and not worry about shipping angles and. You know who's going to hook up with who? And no, all there's this. shipping angles all over. Well, the place there here. are, and I'm thinking like, ah, oh, well, 2004, maybe they weren't as worried about it because, you know what? I'm fine with Lily and Richard. I mean, I, sure. I, again, I really like that, and that's a natural, and you can see where it's really going to drive the plot. And maybe you'll tell me this would drive the plot as well, but clearly they're setting up this little triangle with the two brothers and the girlfriend and the girl was, you know, apparently like this little, I think she was 14 when he right. disappeared. And apparently she, you know, again, it was like typical. She was in love with him, but of course he just saw her as the little kid next door or whatever. Yeah. What happens when you like, you're just gone for three years, you come back and like this little girl is now like this hot chick, right? Right. And she knows it. And, you know, again, she's playing with fire and maybe she doesn't realize it, but I don't know how this is going to play out. But she's I, just ridiculous, man. She's like not even hiding it. Right. Okay. And like his bro- daddy's just all like, hey, dude, it's my girl, man. <laughs> okay. Like, well, I, I, I'm going to uh, go back in time for a second when Dave and Wayne used to do really? Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. How long has he been gone? Three years. Three years. Right. Yeah. But he's so out of touch with the music scene right. and films that he hasn't seen yeah. that he can't talk to anybody. Yeah. WTF. He hasn't been gone 30 yeah. years. Right. I mean, my God. And as you said, internet. I know. mean, you know, Nirvana was probably four years in between albums. I don't know if they were or not, but. 2004? Yeah. I don't know. You know Dude, but, Kurt Cobain had been dead for 11 well, years I, uh, you're, in 2004. You're, okay. All right. Whatever. You know. <laughs> Dave. All right. 
bad example. You make me sad. Oh, I know. But <laughs> but that writing makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. come yeah, on. Good point. And, yeah. and, and of course, she burns him the, um, the mixtape. <sighs> okay. I don't know. 2004. I'm trying to think who was, who, who were like the... I was, I was I was listening to a lot of uh, nursery rhyme stuff in 2004. I think I think it's a lot of itsy bitsy spider and stuff like that. Yeah, in Disney films, you know, the brother's going to find the mixtape. Oh, where'd you get this? And it's like, oh, she made it for me. And next thing you know, the two brothers are punching each other. And yeah, you know, what's it like again? What is this girl doing? She's just she's asking for trouble. Like she's she's causing. She is stirring the pot, man. She is stirring the pot. Big time. Like, I mean, I don't even know, dude. I don't even know if kids make, like, mixed, I mean, I, we call it mixed tapes, but obviously they're not tapes anymore. Then they were, like, mixed, like, CDs. People don't use CDs anymore. So what do you do now? Do you, like, like, do you tweet your playlist to a girl or something? I don't know. There we go. We'll have to find that out tomorrow. Yeah. That's a good question. Well, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what do you do? Do you send them a link? <laughs> Right. <laughs> you, you you tweet him a link. Hey, I just thought you should check out this link. It's my YouTube playlist. Like, we, I don't know, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? But there was something like, yeah, you know, obviously, like, I mean, my wife still has loads of tapes that I made her and everything. Like, all of them. Like, I spent a lot of time, like, thinking about them and making them and everything. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think that might be a, kind of a dead art. Yeah. And then they Snapchat them a picture of them. I don't know. I better stop yeah, now no, before just, I display yeah, my just total ignorance. Just take their junk and throw it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? uh, and that's probably- I don't know point. what these kids are doing. Like right, my well, own kids. I'm like, I don't know. All right. Well, speaking of junk, you got anything else you want to say about the 4400 pilot? Oh, are we already at the end? <laughs> I don't like, know. I don't know. Like, um, I got to say more calling Orson, right? That's I really wanted to do that. <laughs> did I mention we got to see the Space Needle twice? You did. You did and say I, that. And I could see Max up there. Feet hanging right, over. Right. Okay. Not true. That girl's hot. Little kid is creepy. I think that might be it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I already established my grade. I'm going to go ahead and just give it with give it a straight C. I mean, you know, the premise is, you know, mildly compelling. There are some. No, the premise is, is great. And, you know, uh, you know it's, it's, it's difficult now because we're judging it now. Yeah. With, again, we are currently, this is like a golden age of of genre television. I mean, just enjoy it while it lasts, right? Because sure. there's so much out there, so many great... Like, I watched 12 Monkeys last night, and it was awesome. And I was, like, this close to dumping 12 Monkeys. And, you know, like, I watched last night, I'm like, man, I'm glad I didn't dump this show. It's, like, really, really good. Killjoys and Dark Matter, we haven't, they haven't even shown this season yet. You know, like, we still got those to go. So it's just so much awesome genre television happening right now that to look back on something from uh 04 you know it's almost not fair it's exactly exactly it's 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 not fair because we're we're rating it against the shows that we're seeing now and um you know i think i mean it got four seasons so i mean that's nothing to shake a stick at yeah I mean, so, like, Fringe got, what, five, right? Right. So what are we saying? We're going to watch the second episode? Hell no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. But I appreciate it. And, you know, again, like, uh, my son, Sean, like, when I was watching the end, like, the last half hour or so today, he was walking by, and he kind of sat there. I was like, oh, what's this? 
you know, and everything. So, I mean, I, there are compelling elements to it for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, what we've seen so far, I mean, I certainly liked Charlie Jade a little better than you did, and you liked Hemlock Grove a little better than I did. But I liked Hemlock Grove a lot better. I loved well, well, no, no, I liked it. I mean, okay. it's, it's, it's a show that I could, yeah, yeah. I, again, it's just finding the time. Yes. So. Right. Uh, you know. All right. Well, anything else? We got a guy impaled. Good point. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, so. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you with follow-ups about Dark Angel, Charlie Jade, Hemlock Grove, the 4400, anything else you think we should be watching. And I'd like to encourage you to join the Facebook group. And if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website and we'll be back next week to discuss the pilot of life on mars and that will be the uk version but right. until then you know i always remember like what like the first time i asked about you like because when i first started working the school we work at and i said Wait, who's this guy Vin? and like i said the staff everyone's saying he's one of these people <laughs>